everybody, welcome to the to the pop like here on Bossless Network. I'm your host, the Enlightened Insider Eddie Lee. Joining me is the one, the only bossman himself, Mr. Corey Derrick. Hello, good sir. Hello. It's a good day here, Ed. It's a good day. The Browns won a squeaker. Man, a heart pounding 59 yard kick by Cade York, Cleveland's new hero for the moment. Uh, beat the Carolina Score Panthers. Square Vaseline Dia for the time. Yeah, there's this really funny. Uh, there's this really funny video uh, where they did the last couple seconds of the game, and he kicked the field goal, and they played the theme song from Titanic. It was pretty. It was hilarious and epic at the same time. So, you know, uh, with with Jim Donovan, longtime broadcaster for the Browns, uh, play caller for the Browns, best in the business, uh, I would say. Unbiased opinion, of course. Uh, no, Jim Donovan's <laughs> awesome, and then you put the, that stupid Titanic song behind it. It's hilarious. Uh, uh, also ate a lot of good food today, so feeling good, Ed. How are you? Well, um, I'm having computer problems, and I am planning to get a new computer um, for you guys watching this. My setup is that I am doing Skype through my Series X, through Microsoft Edge. Um, I'm using my headset for the microphone. If there's a way to get my Series X to get, you know, recognize my uh, my microphone that I actually use for my podcast, hopefully it works and stuff. I plugged it in. I tried to get the, the match and it didn't. So, but for right now, um, this is going to be my setup for a while. And depending on what computer I get, it I I might be having to set up for a bit, everybody, until uh, I get my new computer, and I'll talk about that. But um, other than that, I am on vacation. Um, guys, you, um, by the time you are seeing this, my vacation has uh, started. We're uh, recording this on a Sunday, and uh, just enjoying my first day off. I did have to go to work, though. For a little bit um because of saturday night um i had 18 posters that i had to do and uh i had to change them all and fix them and like uh so i didn't get to do my uh ad tax that needed to go up for today um so i had to go in in the morning uh do those tax uh, leave to go to church to go sing and then go back to work so I could finish this liquid stuff that I had to put out and then came home and kind of find out my computer stopped working in hmm. the correct way. Um, I, it was working this morning when I was using it and then I cut it off uh, so it could cool down. And then I came back and problems just arrived. So um, hopefully my new computer that I get, uh, will be something helpful to help stream, to help uh, mix um, and things of that nature. Uh, so I'm going to be looking more into that. Luckily, Corey, a lot of the stuff that you gave me, um, like the files and everything, is on my external hard drive. So nothing like really on my computer that I can't get off uh, and stuff. Because uh, <clears throat> my computer is kind of like, feel a little bit i don't know with what 
but uh, my uh, I got a, a, like a two terabyte external hard drive, so I just moved everything there um, a while back before this problem happened. So hmm. I should be good to go on that front. Uh, but yeah, uh, just just enjoying. Well, hopefully. We have a Nintendo Direct, and it was raining like crazy today, dude. Just like literally from about nine o'clock this morning until about five, it was just downpouring. Yeah, I, I knew it was for uh, raining up there today because it's uh, <laughs> uh, for those newer to the show, I'm a big football fan, and I know that the Bears were playing the 49ers today and that weather looked awful. <laughs> it looked terrible. <laughs> so was it everybody's first game? Um, uh, there was a Thursday game and then there's a Monday night game tomorrow. I don't know who's playing tomorrow night though. I didn't really look. Okay. Uh, but it's kind of like the first week for a lot of people. Uh, they, yeah. I know there was preseason. Yeah, no, this is the first real week. Okay. So yeah. And then there's about 13 more. For, for first playoffs. Nope, S- sixteen more. There's seventeen games in the regular season. Oh, okay. It used to be sixteen. Now there's seventeen. There's talk of them huh. knocking down a preseason game and then boom, moving to eighteen next season. But I don't know. We'll see. And what? And what about um the playoffs? Super Bowl is that still in January or February? Yeah. Well, I thought I thought the Super Bowl used to be in January. It was, but the NFL just extends the season all the time. So you know, they they like to make their money. <laughs> so no, the Super Bowl is mm-hmm. always the first weekend of February. Hmm. So okay. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh. Well, Corey, should we get into some housekeeping? Do we uh, have any today? I guess so. Do we have any? Uh, um, I mean, I don't have the. Well, I know. Sorry. I've been. Too well, busy I know. Air, talking. <laughs> um, everybody, you can't check out our latest expression pass that has dropped. Um, like kind of me and Corey had a laid back episode, and we were talking about what they could do with Nintendo's IPs like different companies and everything. So do check that one out. It was a really good conversation, Corey, um, that we have. I really am looking forward to the next conversation, though. So if you guys have it, you know, sign up for Patreon for Boss Rush. You know, we got some perks there that you guys might want to be interested to check out and everything. Um, definitely, uh, we are getting ready Um for a lot of uh I think Tokyo Game Show is coming up um this week or next week. I think it's this week. Uh so I'm gonna be if it happens this week, I am gonna be trying to watch it to see what new news is coming from Nintendo in Japan. That it's a possibility some might drop here. And of course Nintendo's not gonna be there, but Konami is gonna be the one that everybody's gonna be watching to see what they announce and everything because um uh, i'm i'm excited to see what they bring to the table for mm-hmm. tokyo game show yeah it's gonna be interesting uh 
I guess housekeeping wise, uh, just so everybody's aware, since Ed's on vacation, we're going to try to record a bunch of episodes of Expansion Pass and Standard Def and maybe squeak in a uh, <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, the, the Death's Door one. So uh yes what we're we're gonna try to squeeze in a bunch of episodes since we have the time this week so look out for that stuff um so yeah if you if if you join our patreon later in the week this week uh or later in the month you may not hear your name on a couple episodes but that's because we're recording early just because mm-hmm. we want to get ahead on a couple things, so uh, just some of that. Um, but yeah, check out Expansion Pass, check out Pile Block. Uh, very excited for more things to come, Edward. Eddie V. Yes, and hopefully, hopefully this week we get the Nintendo Direct and we can do oh, our direct recap. And I'm just do, saying, if there's I'm... a direct this week, I'm skipping Boss Rush podcast. That's all I have to say. If it's on Wednesday, I am skipping. I'm going to be upset because I have to work Wednesday night. Uh, well, do but, it without you, I guess. Uh, no, I'm just but kidding. if it comes in the morning, you already know our text chain is going to be like bunkers, dude. Like literally, I know. I know. And so, because uh, man, if they do, if they show Twilight Princess, if they show Wind Waker, any of those get announced and they drop them this year, it's on. It's literally on. And it, well, there's that rumor that it will be delayed till put... after uh, the Queen's funeral. So um, there's that also. Because but... that's Nintendo of uh, Nintendo Europe, also. Yeah. Well, so we'll see. But, um, anyways, when there is a direct, you will know because we will be doing it. Yes. Except um, for this hopefully... one because uh, <laughs> it's Splatoon. I don't really know what to say. We would have had to pull in the big guns for that. (laughs) Grayson would have done a solo (laughs) episode for us. We'd pay him in Uh, happiness and love and not money because we're poor. Um, (laughs) Oh, I I love Grayson so much. I I got to hang out with him um, last week, last Wednesday. Uh, It was so much needed, dude. Like, listening, because I... I literally have worked five days um, straight, but I had to go in for extra stuff to do. And man, I I was so happy to be off that day and going to see him and just hang out and talk with them. Man, it was kind of therapeutic uh, for me. And we had a really good talk, and which I'm going to talk about when we get to uh, uh, Snack Tendo. Nice. So. Well, Ed, speaking of snacks, we're going to move on to Patreon producers. Uh, yes. <laughs> that's probably, probably shouldn't call our Patreon producers snacks. Maybe some of them are. I don't know. I, I don't know. You know? It's a positive snack. <laughs> Anyways, I want to thank everybody who supports us on Patreon. If you want to support us directly, you can head on over to patreon.com slash boss rush network where you can support Nintendo Power Block, Expansion Pass, and all your favorite shows on the network. Uh, Patreon is a monthly subscription service where you can support your favorite creators directly. We offer two tiers currently. The $1 tier, which grants you early access to five shows. 
currently. Uh, we added Talk the Walk to that uh, list. Uh, also, if you want to subscribe at the $5 tier, you get early access plus a Patreon producer credit on this here program. Now, Edward, we have gained a Patreon producer this month. <gasps> yes! So without further ado, very excited to give you our Patreon producers for this episode of Nintendo Power Block. Adriel Munger, Celeste Roberts, my wife, Sana Dierig, Francisco Santilan, Rebecca Jewell, and Prince Unsmooth Toes. I want to thank all of our Patreon producers. I want to thank all of our patrons. I want to thank all of our free listeners. Remember, all of our content remains free. We just give you a little extra for supporting us directly. Uh, we are looking into more tiers. Uh, I just need to have some time to do that. have not had a, a lot of time to do that, but uh, we will get there. Um, so, yeah. Uh, if you do listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please, please, please leave us a five-star rating or review. really helps us out. And remember, we are going to give away a copy of Splatoon 3 uh, very soon. We need to figure out how to give that away this time. Um, yes. And I'm leaving that up to you. Something simple. Not super complicated. Something simple. Okay. Simple. Okay. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So, Corey. Nope. You know what time it is, dude. Yeah, I know. I feel it in my stomach. Literally. It's, it's the time. For Nintendo, yes. Who wants to start? Should should I? No, or should I'll you? go first because mine's pretty small. Uh, okay. So Friday we made pizza. Like we bought these pizza building kits, and the kids built. Or my daughter and my wife made pizza. Uh, <coughs> I supervised. That's what I'm calling it. <laughs> uh. And uh, we made pizza on Friday, and it was actually really you... good. Except, except, so I like to put red pepper flakes on my pizza. And, yeah. Like, I wasn't going to have any because I was like, my stomach kind of hurts. I don't really need that that flavoring to go through me right now. My daughter, God, God bless her, she was like, I want to try and we like don't want to discourage her from trying things because she has a hard time eating food as it is anyway, you know, like trying mm-hmm. new things. Yes. So we told her she could have a little bit and she opened the wrong end of the container and like dumped <gasps> it all out onto one piece of her pizza. <laughs> so like instead of like put it, like throwing it away or wasting it or whatever, I st- sprinkled it on my pizza and it was way too much. <laughs> but man, it was it was. It's kind of hilarious now to think about, but it's just this mountain. <laughs> Imagine like, just like a three-inch stack of red pepper flakes on a piece of pizza. Like about this much. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then today, I had a chicken finger salad from Ray's place down the street from me, a local sports bar. Uh, it was, dude, it was, like, really big and super filling to the point where, like, none of us finished anything. <laughs> uh, 
and it was it was actually relatively cheap too so uh it was it was really good uh chicken finger salad with like this like seasoned wonton strips in there and you know corn and black beans and cheese and these tomatoes and it was just it was really good super enjoyable uh i'm glad i got the regular ranch instead of the spicy ranch though uh oh you would have killed your stomach yeah i don't know man i can't like i can't really eat like i used to and like i keep fighting myself on that but it's starting mm-hmm. to really catch up with me <laughs> recently. And I just have to keep telling myself that like, you got to slow down. You got to like start not doing that. So um, yeah, that was my first attempt at it, but it was still really good. And uh, got some pretzels and cheese also mm-hmm. a crowd pleaser. So that's it. That's all I got. What do you got Ed? What do you got? What did, what did, what did you snack on? What's on your shirt, by so, the way? What is your shirt? Oh, so this shirt, everybody, this is from Wholesome Gangs. Uh, Kim uh, Chicas, uh, when she does the direct. Mm-hmm. Um, Friend of show. They were. Kim Chicas. Yes. Uh, um, they were uh, selling these shirts. Um, this one and the blue one. And I got both of them. They were like $15 each. And the money gets donated uh, to creators to help them make games, get the ideas, get people to come and do it. So it's just a whole bunch of characters from it, uh, from different games and everything. And this was during their doing um, the summer game fest or E3 presentation. And man, just I I love when Kim Chica and the crew at Wholesome Games come on and do their directs because they're so relaxing. Bomb music. Like if I, out of all the directs or presentations that I see, wholesome games always have a great soundtrack, and I always be like, I I, I need to buy this. Like I really want them to make just a a CD base of all the different game music, or even just music that they pull from DJs or something. Like if they could get that license or whatever, I would literally pay twenty dollars for a CD. Just I'm surprised to, just they haven't have gone through this, like limited run or something to do something with that, or mm-hmm. super rare or whatever, or even humble, yeah, I, I guess too. Ooh, humble Bono. Ooh, there. Nintendo needs to get back with them because they did a humble Bumbo, uh with Nintendo before, and I would love to have that. Um, like like buy fifteen, like uh, uh t- even if it was a twenty dollar pack. And you get four games, mm-hmm. I, like Box Boy, Good, uh, Good Job, um, Cadence of Hyrule, um, uh, the Kirby Fighting Game, or the one Kirby game that just came out, or whatever. If they want, even if they want to do like twenty five dollars or something to do like donations or support and stuff, Nintendo and Humble Bundle would be so good um, because it, it, or if they want to be like, hey. If you guys want to get these big games um, for for once the during the time only, even though they could be old games for like thirty bucks, get some of their like or two games from Nintendo first party. Um, and if if you want to choose, you could choose out of these six games. I I don't know if people would have them or nothing or something. That would be so 
cool uh, for them to do. Because I wish, and I wish kind of Sony and Microsoft would do it too. But Nintendo, when they did it, dude, I, I bought that package mm-hmm. quickly, and I was I was so shocked that they did it. Yeah. So. Cool. I I just I didn't know what your shirt was, so I was just curious. Sorry, I went off a tangent. Side it's fine. Tangent. No, I'm sorry. I it's good. Uh, I think people should be more aware of what they're doing over there. I mean. Yes, we don't talk. Uh, we don't so, talk about it enough. I don't think so. True. Um, well, um, starting off with Friday, um, I ended up getting the Detroit Pizza from Pizza Hut. It was a limited time. Um, really good. Just it was just eight slices. I I, I gobbled it up. Was done with it. Because um, I had already had Domino's. You had early. the worst type of pizza from the worst place, Ed. Detroit pizza? <laughs> Uh-oh. I can hear Asa. <laughs> and beyond be like, what the world? Uh, I've never tried Detroit pizza, and they're the only ones that make it around here. Like, no one else makes it. I know I fair, need to go to extra. Okay. To be f- sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. To be fair, to be fair, if there was Cleveland-style pizza, it would probably just be, like, c- cigarette butts and, like... I don't know, garbage just scraped off the counter onto a pizza and rolled through the <laughs> oven. So, oh wow, you know, Cleveland's not really known for anything. I think, I think there's one sandwich that we're known for. I forget. I don't even remember what it's called, and it has fries on it. Hold on, what food is Cleveland? I don't even know. Oh for? no, we're for Chicago style hot dogs. That's what Illinois is. Uh. Hmm. Wisconsin is 12 cheese. most iconic foods from Cleveland. Oh gosh, I'm so concerned. Um, oh, Slyman's corned beef sandwich. That's what we're known for. Never heard of it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, also, Melt is is a pretty uh, local chain. I think it's bigger now, but it's like this. Uh, it's this kind of gourmet grilled cheese place where like you it's pretty mm-hmm. much just like every single type of sandwich you can think of but it's on a grilled cheese so shoot and let me tell you some of the like local colleges uh or community colleges like they cafeteria stuff sometimes they be having some bomb food there <laughs> we, we, we have one like 30 minutes from us and my Niece was getting enrolled during orientation, so we had to wait for her because I, I mean, my sister went and took her, and so we went to the cafeteria and we're just like, you know, what, let's get some food here while we, while we eat. They had some bomb pizza and a grilled cheese. We was almost knocked out. It's about to sleep. It was so good. We literally wanted to sneak up there. We like, we just want to come here and buy food. You know, we just want to mm-hmm. eat lunch. And so we didn't know if we could just, like, throw in a book bag and make them think that we students in my food wow. and go sit down somewhere and then leave. Don't tell me that wouldn't end well. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, that's what I had Friday. Um, Saturday, I had uh, Chipotle uh, a little bit. Um no, actually, no, I didn't have Chipotle. I'm sorry. That was Thursday. Um, 
Saturday, uh, I had uh, the chilies that I ordered. Um, and there was a secret sauce chilies burger, um, which really just tasted like a cheeseburger with some spices on it. Like it was nothing big or major. Um, it, and it was well done. I'm like, it was, it was good. Uh, I think I ate the fries quickly, then I ate the burger. Um, and I, I should have ordered some baby back ribs from them. Like their ribs at Chili's is like still some of the best. Um, I did have a strawberry banana smoothie from uh, McDonald's before I went to work. I just wanted to just have a taste of that. Um, and then today it just had tacos. I wish I you know? wish I had the stomach that you had at this point. It just feels like you eat everything that you want now. I'm just like. Ah, I smelled a fry and now I'm dying. Well, <laughs> you know. don't forget don't forget, Corey. I'm on my feet working constantly. I mean and everything. I used to be. <laughs> yeah, but you used to work well. We won't speak of those last two jobs. Because uh, I'm happy with the job that you have now. Yeah, me too. But, you know. So um I I'll probably end up going to the store. Uh so next time, everybody, when you see Power Block or if you listen to a special pass, I'll probably talk about because I I didn't get to go to the store today. I should have, but I was just like, it's raining bad, and I rather just you know be home, uh, somewhere be safe, um, instead of driving through the uh, rain. But that's pretty much it for us next window, uh, that I had, Corey, um. Funny thing though, uh, our Burger King just opened back up after nine months. No, after five months. I'm sorry, after five months of being closed. Cause uh, I think I told you this. Um, I went to go get Burger King for me and my uh, store manager, my previous store manager who was leaving. I was going to get uh, buy her lunch and everything. Got to the McDonald's, I mean, not McDonald's, got to the Burger King that was by my house. And when I got there, they were closed. Like, the lights were fall, like, they was doing construction. So, And the thing about it is, is that the day before, I had stopped there to get some lunch before I went to work, and they were open. So they didn't even tell nobody that they were closed or anything. But now they're back up. Uh, I guess they renovated the place. I haven't been inside yet, but uh, I want to go see what do they do uh, to it. But yeah, our Burger King is back open now because <laughs> wow. I had to drive 15 minutes to go get some Burger King if I wanted some. Wow. So. Nice. But Corey, it's time for Playing With Power. Yeah. What have, what have you been playing with Power? Uh well I'll so I'll skip the destiny stuff because I know people are tired of hearing about that. Uh I played uh so I've been <laughs> I've been playing Link's Awakening again trying to because I want to finish it and hundred percent it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I went to, I was following this guide step by step. I'm missing a seashell, Ed. I am missing a seashell. I'm very upset. Like very upset that I'm missing the seashell. Okay, and now I have mm. to go back. I'm supposed to have 40. I need to go back through and g- 
go th- before I finish the before I progress any further and figure out which seashell I'm missing. So pretty upset about this. But you were just a guy. How did you miss it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It has to be one from the last dungeon. I'm going to work backwards uh, mm-hmm. from where I'm at now because it has to be one from either the last dungeon or right before the last dungeon because uh, I've been pretty thorough up to this point. <coughs> and uh, I just I just don't know how I missed one. But uh, the reason why I think it was in the last dungeon is because the last dungeon was kind of it was kind of confusing. Like there's a lot of like moving blocks and and a lot of rooms that you have to switch between stuff in and uh mm-hmm. also like <laughs> the guide I'm using uh is using the switch screenshots but it's using the Game Boy Advance steps so like it says go left two screens or whatever and it's just like a scroll over you know <laughs> uh which I wish Zelda Dungeon would fix that but they don't really seem like they're in a hurry to, to fix that. So, uh, and I've been swapping between that and a game facts guide and like the game facts guide just has a separate section for the seashell location. So like, you know, yeah. I, like it's one of those guides where like, here's the main walkthrough. Here's the trading, like the trading stuff is in a separate thing. And then like the heart pieces in the seashells are in a separate thing. Right. And it's like, Oh, come on. Yes. Like, I don't want to do that. So, I'm turning my fan on. I hope you can't hear it. But can you hear that? Can you hear it? No. Okay, great. Uh, <clears throat> so I've been playing that a lot. I still really love the game. I'm just really mad that I missed the seashell. I'm so mad. Like, you have no idea how mad I am. So uh, I've been doing that. And then I've been, I played a little bit of Splatoon 3. Actually, uh, so. I will have some show and tell next week, Ed, on the next episode of Power Block. Yes. Uh, and I'm not going to – I don't know if I'm going to unbox it or not, <laughs> uh, but uh, – I mean, I'm going to unbox it. I don't know if I'm going to unbox it on the show or in a separate video or just open it right when I get it and not care. Uh, because mm-hmm. I seem to do that where I'm like, oh, this would be great content. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> So uh, it's it's more Splatoon. I don't really know how to describe it any more than that. It's more Splatoon. I only did like the intro mission, and then I played some turf wars, and uh, it's more Splatoon. I there's really no other uh, explanation I can give. It's fun. I, I mm-hmm. wasn't I wasn't gonna get it, and I was like, you know what? I'll get it. I'll get it. Fine. Uh, and it's more Splatoon. I don't know if I'm going to play a lot of it, but I'll definitely play through the campaign and some multiplayer throughout like the next couple weeks, probably and update. Uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, just, I, I agree with you. Uh, and just let everybody know, uh, next Monday's, uh, next week's episode, Grayson is going to be joining us to talk more about Splatoon. Um, so, uh, we're going to be playing to like kind of get more of a feel for it and then be able to discuss it for next playing with power. Um, it won't be a doc mode or anything, but uh, it'll be nice to spend some time talking about that game uh, with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been playing that. 
And then I played uh, some of the Cowabunga collection. Uh, you know, just because it's Ninja Turtles and I like it. But I need to I need to finish I need to finish the uh, the other one. What's the other one? The uh, Shredder's Revenge. Shredder's Revenge. Yeah. So uh, I think I'm gonna do that after Link's Away. I have like this whole list of Switch games. I have like ten games that I like want to finish before the end of the year. And now, and, you know, it's just like, oh my gosh, I need to finish these games. I need to finish these games. I need to play more games that came out this year because I don't know if I could even come up with a list of five games that came out this year that I've played, you know? Oh, wow. I mean, I probably could if I tried hard, but yeah. I, th- I think definitely for me, out of all the new games, big games that kind of release, uh, Elder Ring right now is the only one. I think of I didn't play uh, Resident Click. I didn't play because I don't have a PS5. So um, a lot of the PlayStation exclusive stuff, I um, first party watch. I should say I didn't play, but like you know, uh, The Last of Us Part One, I didn't play because, but I have the original ones in the remaster. Um, I am going to be getting God of War on PS4, and I played Horizon. Uh, Horizon, I really need to dedicate time and just like straight finish out um, with that one. Yeah. So, uh, anything else? Uh, uh, I mean, not on Switch. I mean, like I said, I played I played some Destiny and I played some uh, a little bit of Assassin's Creed Odyssey uh, because I. <laughs> They announced all these Assassin's Creed games this weekend, and I knew Ubisoft had had a presentation this weekend. So, uh, and then that the final chapter of <laughs> Valhalla is coming out soon. I'm like, oh, I should probably finish Odyssey so I can play Valhalla, so I can play, you know, the four games that they announced this weekend. Uh, I still have Valhalla still wrapped up in the plastic. I have it, but man, I I think I need. To... Oh, go okay. ahead. Oh, I just need to go. I think I need to go back to Origins and finish that, uh, start Odyssey, uh, and like finish Odyssey and then go to Valhalla. Just finish. It. I think I'm just gonna have to skip the side quest and hope for the best. Hmm. Well, that's gonna be challenging because the leveling system in Odyssey like forces you to do side quests unless you like. <laughs> uh, buy the the thing the booster oh which whatever it's 10 bucks and if you're only paying if you're only paying like 10 bucks the game is on sale right now the gold edition with all the dlc is 15 bucks right now so i mean that's not that dude that's not a bad deal dude it's like i'm (laughs) i'm 79 hours into that game on my xbox Mm -hmm. playthrough and i haven't even started the dlc yet Uh. Wow. So, like, I didn't, I haven't done the Legacy of the Hidden Blade. I haven't done the Atlantis stuff. Like, I have so much to do in that game. <laughs> Those games are huge. I cannot believe I've stuck with it this long. Shoot, that's kind of how I was with uh, the Division 2. I just felt like it was huge, but it was more of the same, same old, same old. Yeah. I mean, like, like Assassin's uh, Creed, like Origins Odyssey and Valhalla are like, I mean, they play differently, but like they're essentially the same game, you know? 
Yeah. So, I mean, like, you can buy all three of those games right now for, like, 40 bucks. That's not bad. That's... that's, like, 500 hours a game that you could play. You hear that dying light? <laughs> Two. <laughs> uh, speaking, of, speaking of big games, Cyberpunk announced their DLC this week, too. <laughs> What's it called? Phantom Liberty? Yeah. So some people decided to go back or started up. Or Series X or PlayStation Five. I think when that DLC comes out, I might check it out. I think I might go back and play it. I actually enjoyed Cyberpunk uh, when I played it, but you know, there were issues. But I, I, I think, yeah, I would probably have to clear half of my Series X just to play that game. It's not a big. Um, it's not a big game though, like file size wise. I mean, compared to some of the other things. You know, well, I, that's I feel like it's. I wonder if it's around 50 55 gigs in total. Oh, the Series X version, yeah. I don't remember. I'm not gonna lie to you, I don't remember how big it was. I don't remember it being that big though when I downloaded it. And it was the Xbox One so, version because the Series X version wasn't out yet, so exactly. Um, so okay, yeah. um, well, for me, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Um, I'm How's getting closer. Uh, it's going good. Right now, I'm doing a lot of side quests. Um, there's so many people that I still am collecting uh, to like get their weapons and everything. Uh, so I'm still opening stuff up. I think I'm close to the end of six. And I should be getting uh, uh, to episode seven um, or chapter seven, like the last chapter. But man, I this game is heavy. I did not expect a character to do something um, that I would say is kind of personish, uh, and I would leave it at that. Uh, but it was man, it, it it was good to see that they did it, and I'm like. Oh, they went here with this. I'm like, okay. Uh, but yeah, right now I just grinding, you know, getting stronger, um, you know, finding more camp stuff, uh, finding more no ponds uh, at camps and stuff and getting their like red jewel or their color jewel or ruby. Um, yeah, and just, just, I, I may try to finish that game by the end of the week, but it depends on the life is strange that I got to start up, um, that I'll be starting. Uh, but by, by the time you guys see this, I've already started it uh, and everything. So I, I got to replay the chapter one from the beginning because I played it on PS3, but never finished past that. So I'm just going to stick with it and uh, finish that one. Um, the uh, special three I played the multiplayer uh, today, uh, the turf war, just a regular one. Um, and we won uh, ours, uh, because we covered so much ground. We was on, we was doing a bridge one that was like that's been constructed now, that's kind of finished. We was doing that one, man. That game's still fun, it's still so smooth. Um, with it, like it and. I, it looks beautiful with those colors and that art and that art pops so well, dude. I'm like, yeah, this is why Splatoon 
three or the Splatoon series needs to continue this neon look to it because it's very stylish and everything. I do want to do Salmon Run though, or yeah. or Salmon Run, whatever. I do want to do that and see how how I could go. Did you just say um, Salmon Run? Yeah, it's, it's Salmon Run, dude. <laughs> so, so you know what I used to say. Sal- so I used to say Salmon because they never taught us. And um I know. It, I've I'm sorry. I that's that was no, mean, but it was no, just funny the way you said it. it was No, but what the thing about it is is that I um I had to go to speech therapy, speech class, um, because there were some words I couldn't say correctly and everything. And um as I grew older and going through those classes and you know, even with music and stuff, I had to pro uh enunciate things a little bit more clearly and stuff. And so when I wasn't taught certain words, I had to go to the best of my ability of how to say stuff. So when it came to to salmon, I had to say uh, salmon because of that L. They never taught me that L to be silent and everything. So, um, yeah. So, but I'm excited to play that and everything. Uh, the last game I'm going to end with is called Aspire in a Tale. Uh, this is kind of a platform puzzle game. Um, it's not Metroidvania or anything like that. Uh, it's kind of like it reminds me of Greek, but a but because of the art style, it's different and the music is is kind of different. Um, it's not such a bad game, but it does have some controller problems um, with it and stuff because um, you, there's times you gotta enter this jewel and everything to use to uh, be able to use the power, and sometimes it's, it doesn't highlight correctly. Um, and the game, if you so the, if you play it for the first time, the game is probably only about two hours. Um, but if you want to get everything, it's a little bit more than that. Uh, I think if you figure out what uh, everything you need to do and go back, I think it's like about 45 to an hour uh, with it. And you can actually die in this game. Um, but it just resets you at the last checkpoint and you go and you play through it. I, and there is replay value to it because um, there is stuff that you ha- that you can't collect. That's... Uh, expand the story or explain the story a little bit. Um, I am going to try to write a review for this. Hopefully, everybody. Uh, but yeah, this it, it's not such a bad game, but I while I was playing, I'm just like, yeah, Gree is a bit better than this. In a sense. And it's not it's not a bad game, but I was just expecting more um, to it. So. But that's everything that I've been doing uh, playing with power. Uh, hopefully, um, I could get some good gaming. And guess what, Corey? Jesse Jesse sent me a picture of him having a PlayStation Five. Oh wow! I'm like, are you serious? Nice. I was just like, ah, how did he just like? He said that Saturday night he went to GameStop and they just got like six bundles of the PlayStation mm-hmm. Five bundles. So he ended up buying it. Yeah. I was like, "You lucky dog, you." So yeah, 
the scooter. He got it. I'll get one eventually. I just, uh, you know, I the, could thing, wait. the thing is, is like, I can't, it's, I, they won't let you, <laughs> they won't let you buy a second one on your PlayStation account. If you have already purchased mm-hmm. one. And those are the only places that's the only place where it's available right now. <laughs> so like, even if I wanted one right now, I, PlayStation literally won't let me buy one. <laughs> so, uh, but I will, I don't know. I'll get one eventually. Maybe like next year or something. I'll I, get one. I think I would just wait to Best Buy to get them. Yeah. Hopefully. Because I like that day that I went to go pick up my Series X, they rolled in some PlayStation 5. So I'm like, oh, dang it. And then just, they were just like, don't even worry about it. Um, I'm like, the pre-orders have already been, so, I mean, not the pre-orders, people have already bought them. We just stocking them to give it to them. I was like, oh, crap. I'm like, okay. So, yeah, yeah, I get one, but I think really, I think I wait for a snail and everything. I know that's the thing too. Is like as soon I know as soon as I get one, they're gonna announce this tiny one. You know. Mm-hmm. So. But with that, that with that, everybody, it's time for Femi news. Corey, take it away. All right. Well, Ed, we have a lot to cover here. Uh, so since <laughs> since we recorded last week, uh, there was a new Pokemon trailer, uh, a couple NIS America things coming, the Disney Marvel showcase, and a Ubisoft showcase. So, <laughs> um, God, thank God the direct didn't happen yet. Or this would be like a five-hour show. Um, so I think we're going to start with the Disney and Marvel showcase and work our way into Ubisoft uh, stuff even though we know that it's not really a lot for Nintendo, I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. uh, have other consoles. And I think that the Assassin's Creed stuff is really interesting. Uh, And I, I know I'm like the only person that's excited for five new Assassin's Creed games, but that's, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, (laughs) So from the Disney Marvel showcase, uh, the Nintendo switch stuff that we should talk about a 2D co-op platformer uh, Disney Illusion Island announced exclusively for Switch. Uh, this comes from Nintendo Life. This game looks pretty interesting. It's like a, it's a hand-drawn kind of new Super Mario Brothers-esque uh, co-op platformer. You can play it by yourself or with friends. Uh, it's definitely looks like it's aimed more towards children than in families mm-hmm. than you know Mario. I think. Uh, if you want a hundred percent, it it would be a little bit more challenging than this. Uh, but it looks fun. It looks cool. Uh, they redesigned Mickey, Minnie, Donald and Goofy again. Uh, I don't know why they didn't just use the Mickey, like the designs from the new cartoons that are out the wonderful world of Mickey mouse, uh, cartoons that are Uh out right now, uh, which would have made sense because that's like the art style they're (laughs) using in all the theme parks and all the promotional stuff anyway. But mm-hmm. um, this looks pretty cool. Uh, inter- uh, sorry. Uh, at Disney and Marvel D3, a D23 Expo earlier uh, this week, Switch fans were treated to a special exclusive announcement introducing Disney Illusion Island, a brand new 2D four player co op adventure starring Mickey, Minnie, Donald, and Goofy. Uh, this new game, you'll go on an adventure with Mickey. And his friends, as you run, swim, uh, swing, and jump your way through three magical books to save the world. This 
uh, will involve unlocking special abilities, spe uh, solving puzzles, platforming feats, and take down some epic bosses. Uh, this is exclusive to Switch, so uh, this uh, this game is actually being developed by Delala. Uh, Xbox fans might know them from the Battletoads uh, beat 'em up from a couple years ago. Uh... So. Uh, yeah, it looks cool though. It looks super fun. I will probably be getting this because I'm a big Disney fan, and uh, that Castle of Illusion remake on Xbox 360 and PS3, I think. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was Xbox One and PS4. I don't know. Uh, it was pretty fun. So yeah, what do you did you watch this? Ed, did you see this? I did see it. Um, I know it was pretty cute. I think this is going to be a day one purchase for me. I, it's I, it definitely is up my alley because I do love platformers. And I haven't brought like a Disney game in a long time. Yeah. In a sense. And so this one is, like I said, this one is up my alley. Mm -hmm. um, and I love platformers like these. So I, I'm, I think it's going to be a day one purchase for me. I want to see the box art because mm -hmm. I wonder... I, I don't know if I want to be on the fist of do I buy this just digitally or do I buy this physically uh, yeah. for this one? Yeah. Uh, no price or date was given. It just says uh, there's a joke in there that says TBD, TBD, TBD. And then, you know, Goofy says TBD. And then Minnie asked Goofy if those are real words or if that, if he was just saying TBD. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> they make a joke about that in the trailer, but it's super cute. It's super fun. I mean, I don't think it's going to like be a groundbreaking 2D platformer or anything, but it looks fun enough. So, yeah. The game the game that they showed right after this though, which I know it's been out for a while, but they showed new characters for it and I wish it was a console RPG and it is not. It is a phone RPG. Was that Mirrorverse game? That Disney Mirrorverse game looks so cool and it's on phones. Oh. It's like a, it's like a car, like a, you unlock, you like, you buy cards to get five star versions of these characters and stuff. It like, mm -hmm. I wish it was just like a traditional RPG. Come on, Disney. What are you doing? This could like, this would <laughs> fill a lot of people's hearts full, no pun intended, while we're waiting on Kingdom Hearts 4. Yeah. Like, it's super cool. Like, there's this one, there's this one commercial I see all the time that really makes me want to play this game. It's like a scene from beauty and the beast where Belle's reading the book in the library and uh. she sees a mirror or she leans up against a mirror. And like on the other side of the mirror, she appears in like this battle armor where she's like yes. using magic and fighting off these dark forces or whatever. And it's super cool looking. And I'm just like, man, I would, I would play the crap out of this game if it was just like, <sighs> I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> back to uh the real stories here and not me griping about <laughs> disney games for the last time uh a new tron game was announced uh from bithel games uh you might know mike bithel uh the last game that he did was that uh john wick hex game i think was his last game uh <clears throat> plus he he's pretty known in the indie space for a lot of things um uh, Tron Identity 
This is from Game Informer. Disney and Bethel Games have revealed that Tron Identity, a new PC game coming to Steam sometime next year. Uh, consoles are TBD, but this the art style and the way the game plays, this feels like a no-brainer that it would be coming to Switch at some point. Uh, this reveal kicked off the Disney and Marvel showcase, uh, a first for the company. Unfortunately, those looking for more information on the game, the reveal trailer falls more in line with being a teaser than anything else. It does feature the identity disc, which is typically used uh, for combat in the Tron world, but that's about it. However, in an interview after the showcase, Bithel uh, said the game takes place, quote, in a world where Flynn created an arc where Flynn created a second grid for them to go to, promising that he'd come back. So for those of you who are Tron fans, uh, that's kind of within the lore of the movies and the uh, ill-fated uh, Disney uh, show that only had like one season, I think. As Ooh. far as we know from 2010's Tron Legacy, though, he didn't, Bethel continued. Tron fans will also know that time moves much faster in that world so we enter <coughs> enter hundreds thousands of years after those events what's the society and the culture that evolved on the grid it's an amazing sci-fi storytelling opportunity which we've been able to do thanks to the amazing collaboration with disney who have just allowed us to create this story tell this story in it in this new world and expand on this amazing and rich heritage that tron has so that's cool. I I like Tron. I really liked Tron Legacy. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Ed, does this interest you? I mean, I don't know if you're a Tron fan or not, but... I, I like the second movie. I never got to see the first one, um, but I, I did enjoy the second movie. Um, as for these games, uh, I, don't, I don't think they're for me. Yeah. Uh, with with the trial stuff that is, yeah. not everything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like Disney's pushing pushing Tron in a weird way right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, <laughs> because they're about to open the Tron like light cycle run roller coaster at Disney World, and there's this weird Tron like there's a lot of Tron stuff going on right now in a weird way, <laughs> and it's like. I, I heard there's a Tron Disney Plus series coming. I don't know. It's just weird. And to have like this interesting kind of weird indie game just seems... Tron is in a weird, weird spot right now, and I don't understand it. So... <clears throat> Anyways... Next story, Ed. Uh, Disney is remastering the Sega Genesis Gargoyles platformer. Uh, this is from Nintendo Life. No, <laughs> no date or systems announced yet. Uh, perhaps one of the biggest surprises is that Disney and Marvel Games Showcase was the news that, that uh, they are remastering the Gargoyles. If you're not familiar with this game, it is a 2D platformer developed by Disney Software and released on the Sega Genesis in 1995. It's based on the 90s animated series at the time, and players take control of Goliath, who sets out to put a stop to the Eye of Odin and the antagonist De Demona. Did you watch Gargoyles, Ed? Have you ever watched Gargoyles? I 
love Gargoyles. Yeah. I used to watch that every Saturday when it used to come on. It used to come, I, I think they had some reruns that was coming on. Uh, it's on Disney weekdays, Plus but, right now. Oh, nice. I know this is one series that I need to watch the last season because I think it ended up getting canceled. It only um, had three seasons. The first two seasons are really good, and they tried to change it the third season, and it just didn't work. Like, this was... To put it in perspective, Gargoyles was kind of like Disney's answer to Batman the Animated Series, I would say. Yes. would be the closest kind of, you know, at the time, it's contemporary. Uh, the first two seasons are super dark. They It was like an adult cartoon, <laughs> in a sense. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was, it was really dark. It was really cool. Uh, and the fact that they're... See, this is the thing, too. It's like there's been a Gargoyles... Uh, re- revival online recently too and it's like man are all these people who just grew, grew up with these things like starting to just want to be do things with these IP see but I, I know for the I don't remember the Sega Genesis game I actually thought when they did this announcement I actually thought it was the cartoon oh see yeah, I thought the, it was, it was the Super like Nintendo HD. game I I when I uh, yeah I did they even no they never made a gargoyles for Super Nintendo. I mean I don't know I never had a Super Nintendo so I like when I said they were but, remastering gargoyles the nineteen ninety five mm-hmm. game gargoyles I just assumed it was a Super Nintendo game. Nah, uh, when they said the Sega Genesis I was just when because I remember the bus that they show I'm like oh okay. I just did. I just forgot that it, that game was that came out for Genesis yeah. and everything because I don't think Virgin did it. No, it was uh, no, it was Disney internally had like they started developing their own games for a while. Uh, they pulled some. Okay. Of the, they pulled some of the people from like the Aladdin and Lion King and Jungle Book games to do this. Okay, so. I'm assuming that that was the last one for I mean, the Sega Genesis, the last Disney game. It it must have been. Uh, yeah, because Goof Troop. Oh man, I think I think it was, I think it was Goof Troop. It was one of, or it was the uh, Mickey Mouse magical costume one. That was oh, the last uh, one for Nintendo. Ma- uh, magical Quest starring Mickey Mouse. Yeah, I think that was the last one because the Lion King and stuff that had art that already came out. I think it was the Capcom. I think it was Capcom. Yeah. I'm about to look up. I don't remember. But I I, I don't okay. remember. I just I just like this is just a weird there's a lot of weird things going on with nineties Disney in general. Uh I mean I know Tron's from the eighties, but like that was pretty popular through the nineties, I think, uh just because mm-hmm. of the technology behind it. Uh, but yeah, this Gargoyles game looks super cool. The remaster is being handled by Empty Clip Studios. Uh, yeah, it seems like they, uh, I think they're the team that also handled the remasters of the other Disney stuff. So, um, I, I'm definitely going to buy it this oh, one because yeah. I've never got to play it. Oh, yeah, and I love Gargoyles. Yeah. I wonder if they're gonna re-release the TV show. It's on Disney Plus. 
Gargoyles is on Disney Plus right now. Oh, but I don't have Disney Plus. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. I would love to have it on Blu-ray. Like, mm. I don't know. You know it me. seems like so Disney's fast. really pushing Disney Plus right now. After I don't know if you watched D twenty three or not. They announced one Blu-ray <laughs> for a Criterion collection, and it was Wally. So, uh, oh wow, yeah. So there's your Blu-ray announcement, Ed. <laughs> really nice steelbook, though. Oh, nice. What uh, about Midnight Sun? <laughs> we're was that there. What, there was... We'll get there. We're getting to Midnight Sun. Okay. We'll talk about it later. We got to get through the Disney stuff first because there's one more big thing that I think is actually going to be huge for Disney. Uh, Disney's free-to-play racer, uh, uh, Speed for uh, Disney Speed Force or Speedstorm is uh, mm-hmm. free to play, coming soon, and they added Monsters Inc. characters in a track. Uh, that's pretty much the news from this trailer. They showed it off. I think this game's going to be huge, dude. I. I don't know, man. I think they're I think they're gonna do a battle pass type system similar to Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Uh and then you can buy stuff outside of it also. But uh a new trailer revealed the cast of Monsters Inc. will be making their way onto the racetrack. This includes Mike, Sully, Randall, and Cecilia. Uh a new Monsters Inc. themed course was also revealed. In addition to this announcement, the same trailer was also revealed the game would be quote coming soon to Nintendo Switch. Signups are available now on the game's website. The game has also been confirmed for Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. I think this game looks cool. I have been pretty disappointed yeah. with the Mario Kart stuff overall recently, and I would love to have a decent new kart racer to play. I know Team Sonic Racing and Crash Team Racing are on the Switch, but they just don't feel like they get, they just don't feel right. I don't know if it's because I played so much Mario Kart or not, but uh-huh. Uh. Anyways, yeah, speed speedstorm looks cool. I'll be playing it for sure. By the way, I just hope the oh, <coughs> oh no, go ahead. No, I'm just gonna say that I hope the controls are nice and tight yeah. for a game like this. Yeah. Like it, it looks fun, uh, and I know people laughed at it uh, when it was first announced and then it's the direct. But I think people got interest some interest for it and i think people are willing to give this game a try plus yeah. it's free to play so why not mm-hmm. yeah uh speaking of that disney dream valley game it seems like everybody is playing the crap out of it and like <laughs> i kind of want to try it out i know grayson's been playing it isn't he writing the guide over at game rant i think i think i believe so yeah that game looks really cool and I just, I know it's on Game Pass right now, but I really want to play it. <laughs> I, I'm I'm good. <laughs> I think I'm going to try it out. <clears throat> Speaking of other games, Ed, Midnight Suns. We're getting into the Marvel section. Uh, before we talk about Midnight Suns, though, there's a really cool, they showed off Amy Hennig's next game. Uh, for those who don't know, she is the, uh, she started out as the lead writer on Legacy of Kane in the Soul Reaver series, and then she was the mm-hmm. game director for the original Uncharted trilogy. Uh, her next game was announced at this. It is a World War II game starring 
Captain America and the Howling Commandos and the uh and Black Panther, but it's not T'Challa, it's T'Challa's grandfather. Uh yes. and the uh what would become the uh the what are his guards called? Shoot. I forget what they're called. I I mean I know it, I just forget. Anyways, it looks super cool. Uh, we're not going to cover that here. I just wanted to shout it out because it looked really cool. Way cooler <laughs> than Marvel's Midnight Suns. Oh, good, good, good. We'll do this. that. I'm sorry, man. This game does not look very good. <laughs> I wanted it to be good. It is not. Uh, they didn't. I didn't even see any gameplay trailer. It, it was those animated shorts. So, like, I still haven't seen gameplay. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be out in December. Oh, boy. Uh, Marvel's Midnight Suns has a new gameplay trailer and a release date following its delay out of October. Firaxis Superhero RPG is set to arrive December 2nd on Xbox <laughs> Series and PlayStation 5 Switch at a later date. Uh, the gameplay trailer offers a montage of tactical card-based combat, so the card-based stuff's still in there, so I'm out, as well as choice-driven relationship building. Cool. That's what I want in a superhero game is turn-based card action and relationship building. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. That was mean. I'm sure it's going to be fine for people who like card-based RPGs. Uh, this game looks like a seven. Uh, the, um, they showed off a bunch of animated shorts that serve as a prequel for the game's plot. The first episode of these animated shorts will be available to the public on October 31st on Marvel's YouTube channel, and they will lead up to the release date. So that's kind of cool, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I have lost all interest in this game, and it's it's it kind of sucks because it has a lot of characters that I'm actually into, like Wolverine and Blade, and you know, I think. Uh, there's just a lot of characters in here that I would would play as, but man, I just I'm not into the card based stuff. So. Yeah, I. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else to say about good. Midnight Suns? <laughs> Pass. That's gonna be more of a. It looks like a seven, but gameplay looked like a five. Like it looks. It what happened? What, the problem with this game, it, it looks good when you're storing the shorts. It looks terrible and bland when it's actual gameplay because they do actually have a gameplay trailer, and oh, it's just I, like I, I guess I missed the trailer. I they, I, I, I can understand. It just, it came out two days ago. Um, they probably did like the shorts just to get announced, and then after the presentation, they did they dropped the gameplay trailer. But this looks boring and bland. I'm sorry. Like, I I feel like they're hyping this thing up to really fix a lot and gain interest. I think this game is just not going to be, yeah. It's not doing anything. Oh, I found a gameplay trailer. Here it is. I'm looking at it. There's, there's, I don't, where's the card base stuff? They're not even showing that. Um. Do, 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 do. 
Oh, there it is. That, I don't... Man, I don't know. I'm not into it. Man, I want to be too, man. Blade and Captain America and Wolverine and... Like, the cast is super cool, you know? Anyways, I'm going to stop looking at that. All right, we're going to get into the Ubisoft stuff since I don't really have anything else to say about the Marvel, Disney stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. Mario plus Rabbids was shown off uh, a little bit more, and they announced uh, that Wiggler, they showed off a Wiggler boss battle, and they also announced that they were going to have DLC, including uh, Rayman is going to be a character as post-launch DLC. That's cool. Uh, I wonder if they're trying to gain interest for Rayman again. Because, I mean, Rayman Origins and Rayman Legends, if you haven't played those, right? Like, yes. Those games are awesome. Uh, Rayman Legends is on Switch. You should definitely play that. Uh, I don't know if there's an easy way to play Origins. I wish they would re-release that. I wish they would release like a definitive edition of Origins. So, I think... I think... So, Xbox 360 has it for a backwards compatibility. Right, but uh, for nintendo fans you're like oh it's on wii i think the last the console it came out on was the wii so yeah i guess you could play it on 3ds also it came out on 3ds so uh if i don't know when the 3ds store shuts down but if you haven't if you really want to play rayman origins uh 3ds version is available uh, but that's yes. cool rayman um, starring in his own dlc that's cool and and plus Rayman, the rabbits came from the Rayman series, mm -hmm. so it just it makes sense to add to have them there yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um, I wonder if they're gonna give him a Mario mustache. Oh gosh, I hope not. You mean like the <laughs> the Rayman Legends DLC? No. Yeah. Pass. No, but it would be cool. Like I think I think Rayman would actually fit really well in the main game. Like. Yes. Like it's a is it a DLC campaign or is it just a right now it's just a character. Yeah, well, like that stinks because like I really want to play with him on my team. I don't want to like you part... wait. You know. Yeah, I don't know. Which I, I think you probably will, but uh... yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm really excited for Rayman or for uh, for Rayman for Mario Rabbids though. That first game's so yes. good still. Like it's so good. And a lot of people are buying it like they're like, yeah, I got the game for fifteen dollars. I enjoyed it. Yeah, well, the gold edition with the Donkey Kong DLC is fifteen bucks right now. Ubisoft just got some great deals on these older games. Yeah, I. We, Ubisoft's in like this weird spot because like all their games are on sale right now. <laughs> they just sold like half the company to Tencent, which is kind of scary. Uh, they announced four Assassin's Creed games, which I'm going to talk about in a couple seconds. Uh, when they <laughs> said they were, they weren't going to release one annually now, <laughs> you know, anymore. Uh, so yeah. I don't know. Ubisoft's in a weird place. They canceled a bunch of stuff. They're revamping some stuff. It just seems weird. I, and I've all, I've always liked Ubisoft as like a company out of like, mm -hmm. out of like the big 
publishers, they always seem like the least terrible, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, compared to, like, what Activision does and what EA used to do and, you know, Ubisoft always felt like out of those three, they were, like, the good <laughs> the good guys. <laughs> I mean, like, like you would always root for Ubisoft to, to win, you know, and, and I don't know, like, that Prince of Persia stuff, like, still, we still don't know what's happening with the remake. Skull and Bones looks, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I want Ubisoft to be Ubisoft again and not try all these, like, weird. I think when Ubisoft started getting weird was when The Division got popular. To me, at least. You know. I I, I would say Far Cry 3, for me. Yeah, I but, feel like that game. But Far Cry is, like, the most normal thing they do now, though. Well, yeah, but I just feel like with Far Cry 3, the success of it changed a lot of their games, the direction of the games. Because if you look at... Oh, you mean like uh, every game of... Every game became a Far Cry game, essentially? With like the towers and unlocking parts of the map and upgrades? Yeah, it became more of a, like an open world like game. Because uh-huh. like Watch Dogs, a lot of the Tom Clancy stuff, like, you know, they had like Hawks and, you know, Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell. Like, they would always do these different for things with the time and now it's just like because Far Cry 3 was so success- successful they made Tom Clancy games open world the division uh, well true the division is still Tom Clancy like how aside from like the Rainbow Six stuff yeah Assassin's Creed went open world it just got bigger uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising was just another open world game and it just feel like a lot of their designs, it's just so much open world to it. And it's all because of the success of Far Cry 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking speaking of Ubisoft, Ed, uh, like I said, they announced a bunch of Assassin's Creed stuff, which I'm really excited for. I'm actually shocked the mobile game is not coming to Switch because it's like a full-on action RPG uh, mm-hmm. Ubisoft pull back the curtains on Assassin's Creed Mirage, the next game in the franchise uh, that represents a return to the series roots, but it also revealed a lot more too. Uh, this is from Game Informer, by the way. Uh, if you've been begging for years for an Assassin's Creed game set in Japan, you're in luck because Ubisoft announced Assassin's Creed Codename Red today during its Ubisoft Forward Showcase. While the company only released a small teaser for the game, it did say that it takes place in feudal Japan, and that will give players the ultimate quote shinobi fantasy it's also calling codename red the next flagship title in the assassin's creed franchise meaning that it's probably the next entry after mirage uh it is being developed by ubisoft quebec which is the studio behind assassin's creed odyssey yes that means it's gonna feel good to play uh i love assassin's creed odyssey it's my it's in all honesty, Assassin's Creed Odyssey probably mm-hmm. a top ten game all time for me. No Ooh. joke. Uh, that game is amazing. I love Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, Mirage looks interesting too. Uh, Ubisoft also touched on its in-development Assassin's Creed Inf- Infinity game, which is less a game and more of a platform or portal for Assassin's Creed experiences. 
Codename Red will be a part of Infinity, as will Assassin's Creed Codename Hex, another game Ubisoft teased today in development at Ubisoft Montreal, the birthplace of the series. This teaser was short and sweet, but it features a distinct horror tone. The hidden one symbol uh, that appears during it made of tree branches and feels very witch hunt-like in nature, aligning with the rumors that Hex is about the witch trials in the 17th century reign of the Holy Roman Empire. Uh... Yeah, so question that... they they gave up after three, right? Of what? Assassin's Creed with the storyline. There's actually a pretty there's actually a pretty uh pretty solid storyline going on right now. Uh with Layla that started in Origins. But for the third game the oh the third game the third game was desmond like they wrapped desmond, desmond storyline and then four was kind of like we don't know what to do with the story so we're just gonna pirates everybody <laughs> pirates uh and then i'm not really sure about syndicate and uh unity like what those games did because they don't get the technology thing that they were using on desmond anymore right it's not just everything is this is the time period no and it's, this is they're where in the place. animus. Layla is the modern day hero through this story. She's the one that when you play Origins, she was searching in that tomb mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah, right. Layla is actually a pretty right. big part of the story right now. And her partner, I think, uh, I don't know. The In Origins, they kind of said they were kind of working partners, but Odyssey, where I'm at in Odyssey right now, kind of suggests that they're partners. Like, Romantically, mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure, but it seems that that's where it's going. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, so Hex is clearly like, I thought <laughs> I thought they were developing a Blair Witch game at first. <laughs> like that's, that's, well, it has like the symbol in the tree branches, but then mm-hmm. like it, it's like, it looks like a Blair Witch game, but then the, the tree branch turns around and it's the Assassin's Creed logo. <laughs> So, uh, oh wow, but you know, I mean, this article says that it's aligning with the rumors that Hex is about the witch trials during the 17th century, uh, reign of the Holy Roman Empire. So, you know, 1600s, maybe, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, and then the company also revealed a new mobile game called, uh, Assassin's Creed Codename Jade. Unlike previous mobile titles in the franchise, Codename J will be an open-world RPG set in ancient China. This game looked really cool, and I was like, yes, I'm all in. Give me that. And then it's like, well, it's going to be on phones. I'm like, come on. Uh, It will also be the first game in the franchise that allows you to create and customize your very own assassin. Ubisoft did not give release dates for Codename Red, Hex, or Jade, but it did say Jade would be coming to mobile devices soon. I hope Jade is like a paid game, like a fifteen or twenty dollar game on a mobile device. Or maybe honestly, this game seems like Ubisoft would be working with Apple to put it on Apple Arcade at some point. Uh, Probably. Which I would pay for Apple Arcade to play an Assassin's Creed mobile game because if I can use my backbone for that, oh my gosh, it'd be I you'd mm-hmm. lose me forever. Uh I know that you're or probably not that weeks excited for a lot of this Assassin's Creed stuff, but I love Assassin's Creed. <clears throat> it's like... Well, I, I would play... I, I definitely would play Mirage, and uh, 
and a Shinobi one I will play. Uh, so I'm excited for those two. Like anything outside of those two, eh. yeah. No, that's nah. it's. I mean, yeah the the Shinobi one seems cool. Uh, man, a horror tone one. Like I think that you could get really interesting with that. You would almost have to get like uh, supernatural with it, which you know is not unfamiliar in Assassin's Creed the supernatural, but. Uh, mm-hmm. especially in uh odyssey <laughs> where literally fighting mystical beasts sometimes uh but yeah i think uh i think adding magic could add a really interesting element to this or like you know they could do you could do <laughs> magic in a way where it's explained away by science almost you know I think I think it looks cool. I th- I think I think Codename Red looks awesome. Oh, anyways, I know none of this is coming to Switch, but I had to talk about it, and I don't know where I'm going to talk where I'm going to get to talk about it. So this is where we talked about it. <laughs> True. Oh, man, good thing I brought a bunch of water up here. I'm super thirsty. My throat's dry. It's all that salt from those chicken fingers and fries. Nom. Ah. Anyways. All right, Ed, we're going to move away from the uh, Ubisoft and Disney stuff. We actually have some Overwatch 2 news, Ed. Uh, it'll be quick because I don't know how many people are really going to play Overwatch 2 on Switch. I am, but all the new heroes coming to Overwatch 2 will not be immediately playable at launch, uh, and that's because you'll need to unlock them on the free track of the game's battle pass. Uh <laughs> Overwatch uh, commercial leader and vice president of Blizzard, John Spector, revealed this on Twitter last night following leaks and rumors that stated the new heroes would need to be unlocked in the Battle Pass, which is a paid premium pass that rewards players for leveling up through its uh, through it akin to passes seen in Fortnite and other games. Uh, that's partially true in that, yes, new heroes will need to be unlocked through the Battle Pass, but Spector clarified on Twitter that those her- heroes will be on the free track of the Battle Pass. Uh, addressing some incomplete info posted early about our Overwatch 2 Battle Pass, we'll be sharing all details ahead of launch. But the game, but want to confirm that new Overwatch 2 heroes will uh, will be available on the free track of the Battle Pass. As you can see, you won't need to pay any money to unlock these new heroes in Overwatch 2. However, it could still take some time to unlock these heroes, depending on where they are on the free track. Uh, <coughs> based on experience in games like Fortnite and Destiny, uh, the characters will probably be in the same place because, like, the way that the way that Fortnite and Destiny's season passes work is, uh, mm-hmm. they have two tracks, literally two tracks on the pass, and like everybody who is on the paid battle pass or the paid season pass you get the free stuff as well yeah you just get two things when you hit that level instead of one so my guess is that and that at the end i bet at the end of the paid battle pass in overwatch you get i bet you unlock skins for said character in the paid version whereas you just unlock the character in the free version that's my guess um but we'll see 
I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of excited for Overwatch too. I'm kind of excited to play Overwatch again. I just gotta give it a try it on Xbox One. See what the see what the talk is all about. I probably will Twitch just to get a feel for it because uh, this is free to play. Yeah, it's uh yeah. By the way, for people who don't know. You will see, like, the, they are advertising the $40 version of Overwatch in the in the eShop. It is free to play. So you you can scroll down and go to things offered in this bundle, and you will see the free version. Overwatch 2 is free to play, guys. Do not buy the $40 version. You can buy all that stuff for $40 once you download the free version. I am. This is my PSA for Overwatch 2. And that is on all platforms. Okay, because I turn on the Xbox mm-hmm. store and they're also advertising the $40 version of Overwatch 2. It is free to play. <laughs> so, just, just so and everybody this is knows. The last, this is the last game, game from Activision on Switch, right? No, Diablo 4 is coming. Oh, Diablo 4, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Diablo 4 is also coming to Switch. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that all these games are coming to Game Pass once that deal closes, you know, which is <laughs> what mm-hmm. Phil Spencer and Jim Riot are arguing about over there as like Doug Bowser's leaning back with his popcorn, <laughs> that popcorn meme, <laughs> you know, or the, yeah, so that's, uh, <coughs> that's that. Uh, so Overwatch 2, everybody, I'm kind of excited for Overwatch 2. I don't know if I'll play a lot of it. Uh, I might play it when I have some downtime in Destiny, because uh, usually Halloween and Christmas are the are the times where I just take off because I do not like the events uh, for those seasons. But it's fine. Uh, all right, Ed. Let's let's talk some NIS America stuff. Uh, all right, the beloved Grim Grimoire is coming to the West next spring via a remaster. Uh, <coughs> this comes. This also comes from Game Informer. We got a lot of Game Informer and uh, Nintendo Life stuff here tonight, guys. Before Vanillaware made its name with titles like 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim, and Dragon's Crown, it found early success with a little game called Grim Grimoire. I actually owned this on PS2 at one point. Uh, the side-scrolling strategy title... Uh, garnered a cult following when it hit the PS2 in 2007, but it got another shot in the spotlight in a Japanese launch of Grim Grimoire once more in July. Now we know players in the in the U.S. and Europe will be experience experience uh, Lilith's spellbinding adventure once again, or maybe for the first time. Uh, Grim Grimoire once more is coming to the West. In spring 2023 for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and Switch, the game stars Lilith Bland, a witch in training who attends the famed Tower of Silver Star Magic School, which where things have gone awry. Uh, so, yeah, it's a beautiful kind of hand-drawn game. If you guys don't know VanillaWare, look up... Uh, you know, I mean, Aegis Rim, obviously, is their most popular game right now seem to have taken off yeah uh dragon's crown also uh what was the other game that came out right before this uh i know muramasa the demon's blade for Wii was one Demon blade yeah what was the other one 
Start with an L. Like a German name. I forget. Uh, Man, my brain just is not working <laughs> today. Because I think it was... Odensphere. Odensphere. Uh, That's what I was about to say. The, <laughs> the remaster was called uh, Left Razor. It's like German spelling. That's why I knew it started with an L. Uh, Odensphere. Okay. Gosh, how could I forget Odensphere? Yes. But yeah, those are the types of games Vanillaware makes. Grim Grimoire is like a 2D, uh, what would you call it, RTS-ish type of game. Uh, yeah. So it's definitely, definitely a really interesting game. It might not be for everybody, but it's definitely a really beautiful game. Uh, so that was announced for Switch. Ed, are you gonna check this out? This seems Think like of Vakri, Vakri Pro. Uh, probably if it goes on sale. Okay. I mean, I, I love vanilla wear games, but I think I love when they have the action beat em up stuff, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, all I can say for that. I think out of, I haven't played, uh, 13 Sentinels yet, but I'm pretty sure Dragon Crown out of their games are, is my favorite. Uh, Muramasa was also pretty cool on Wii. That game was really cool. Um, I love more. Yeah, I love Muramasa. Yeah. Uh, our last story is all about Pokemon. Uh, they showed off a new trailer. Apparently, you have a motorcycle now that is also a Pokemon. Uh, <coughs> I don't know. Do you have anything to say about this new trailer, Ed? You're more of a Pokemon person than I am. Uh, uh, everybody's making fun of the crab. <laughs> oh, the giant crab in the trailer. <laughs> when it dropped. Uh, yeah, Loft, I think that is. And with his eyes budging out like everybody was doing <laughs> Someone else said it. Uh, it's so funny. Uh, when they go to the bar and they see two people about to get into it. <laughs> and, and it just shows the crowd looking because they start their fighting and everything. I was wow. cracking up. I was just like, this is so true. Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. But like like the fan art and the memes and everything like started right after that trailer came. Uh but yeah, this is gonna be cool. I don't got much to say for it. Just waiting for the game to come. <laughs> yeah. Uh man, I really want to be into this Pokemon game, but man, I don't know. It's intimidating. Pokemon's intimidating, everybody. For those who haven't <laughs> played it a lot lately. Uh but anyways. Ed, that's all the news. Like I said, we had a lot this week. Uh, better than <laughs> scraping the bottom of the barrels yes. the last couple, uh, <laughs> yeah. last couple <laughs> weeks. But you know, had to had to happen at some point. I'm I'm excited for the Disney stuff. I'm excited for the Ubisoft stuff. Uh, Nintendo has a lot going on right now, also. So, yeah, man, I'm I'm excited. I think. I think, uh, I mean, also like <laughs> D23 happened this weekend and a bunch of new stuff got announced for the theme parks and movies and stuff also. So I'm quite thrilled for that as well. <laughs> I wish exactly. I, I wish we could talk about that for a little bit, but we, we've we been going along as it is and we got some questions and so I want to get to those for sure. Yes. Well, um, we're going to save Docmo, everybody, uh, for expansion pass. Um, happy questions, Corey. Uh, yeah. So, all right. So, 
uh, we kind of already talked about one of these questions on um, on uh, expansion pass, but Leron texted me about this question, and I know he's not listening, Leron, but we're going to answer it anyway. Uh, our friend Leron, you know, from the Bossers podcast and Crossroads, uh, our other podcasts, uh, he asks... He says, hey, I have a question for the panel at Nintendo Power Block if they want to hear it out. I said, okay. And he says, how would you feel if Breath of the Wild 2 was not released on Switch and actually became a next-gen title for Nintendo's new platform? Uh, Well, I'm going to start. I'm going to go ahead and say that the next-gen platform for Nintendo will be another Switch. I'm just going to call it right now. Mark it down. September 11th, 2022, Corey says the next Nintendo console will be a beefier version of the Switch. Um, I think... Man, I don't know if they would do... I don't think they would do that, honestly, judging by the way they've done Twilight Princess and Breath of the Wild. They're not going to leave the user base behind. Uh, I think... Although I, you know, for Breath of the Wild, it really didn't matter because uh, it sold 25 million copies on the Switch and like what 500 thousand on the Wii U or something ridiculously low. Uh, yeah, I still have my copy sealed because I know that Twilight Princess Day is coming where it's going to be worth 200, 300 dollars, and I'm just <laughs> going to be like, peace, ship it out. <laughs> uh, but. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't know how I would feel. I'm just judging my my feelings based on the last couple dual console releases for Zelda. I think I think Nintendo I think here's the thing with Breath of the Wild for the Wii U, I think people were just ready to be to move on and be excited for a Nintendo console again. Mm-hmm. The Switch, everybody loves the Switch and are expecting Breath of the Wild 2 on this platform. And if Nintendo would cut off this platform, I think you would have a lot of angry fans because this console is so popular and people love this this console, you know. Uh, I think, honestly, I think the game you would do that with would be Metroid Prime 4, to be honest. Metroid does not have as big of a fan base. Uh a first person shooter needs that. I think a lot of people know that a first person shooter needs to be 60 frames a second, at least a smooth 60 frames a second. You want, I think a Metroid universe game would show off the next console. The best way that it could right outside of a racing game. So that's my opinion on that. Although I still think the next Switch is going to just be a Switch and this console is going to be around for a long time. What about you, Ed? Well, I don't think people will be upset for it. Zelda games, they wait long. So it's kind of a tradition in a sense um, that they could wait for this game uh, for a long, long time. And if they decide to bring out a new like next gen from Nintendo, um, this is just going to help sell more of it. I think what what would happen is is that 
there's so much on Switch now that people have missed that they, they will go back and get and they will play and everything. And it would just be like Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 would be the leading game for that system to sell more. Now, what's going to happen is, though, is that Breath of the Wild 2 will to be in a 9.5 or a 10 for people to be upset. If it's like hitting 8.5s or just maybe a, maybe a 9, a lot of people wouldn't be, um, be like, oh, okay, I can play that game when it comes out, um, when, I, when I'm able to get to the new, the new system, and it would be fine. But if it's a 10, and it's like this first game, you guys not bring this up on the Switch. How, why does this new console got the 10 game and we don't get, we don't got nothing. We still got old stuff or the old, we only got the first game. So I, it, it, I don't think people will be upset, you know, uh, that people, other people expect. I think if, that game had, you know, a lot of tens. Then yeah, people may be uh maybe upset, but then they'll get the new system anyway. So I already have a guaranteed game that I'm going to buy. What am I missing out on my old console? Mm-hmm. You know, I got tons of game of the year and content that's gonna be on the miss nothing. Uh unless, you know, production is like for the for that new console, a production is like really small. Then I could see people being upset and everything. And if Nintendo, if Nintendo just not thinking of the money, then you know, yeah, they'll just put it on the other console. Be like, this is the reason why you need this version of our next gen console. Yeah, I think there's other games that would service that need better though than Zelda. You know, I mean. Hmm. I I think I think it would suck, but also like we would also be first in line for the next console, right? Like I to me, like it wouldn't matter as much to me having it having a dual console release or leaving the Switch behind, right? Uh, because I would be fighting tooth and nail to get that next console, <laughs> you know. Uh, but I f- I would feel bad for like the 120 million potential sales they would have, you know. I mean, not that mm-hmm. Zelda didn't have a long tail because, you know, Switch was so hard to find that first year or first two years, really. Right. And obviously it sold 25 million units and that's nothing to, like, s- sneeze at. But, like, I would feel bad because I think this – and I think it's also a reason why they didn't leave the Wii U behind is because they already kind of promised it on that console. And I think Breath of the Wild would have been better if they left the Wii U behind. So – I don't know. I'm trying to see it from both sides, and I'm kind of talking myself I, into both sides. But I, I, I'm kind of gonna dig at Sony and Microsoft for oh, this boy. Here we because go. <laughs> the only reason I want to dig at them is because this just lets you know that what if they bring up Breath of the Wild two? Let's say they do bring up Metroid Prime four after uh, after if they if Nintendo starts doing what they did with the Switch and start bringing out game at the month at the month the, the, the upset is going to seem less likely because they're getting games at the game at the game for this next console so they're feeding this new console with a good library 
Yeah. And no, I get, I, sorry, Microsoft and Sony. I oh, get that. Okay. I get that they need that to make the console succeed. I'm just talking about, like, mm-hmm. if you're going to launch the new system with Zelda, like, I mean, for me, like, I think Breath of the Wild would have actually been better if it left Wii U behind, you know? Because, like, you had to optimize that thing for Wii U and then port it to Switch, which was probably extremely difficult and not ideal, right? Like, you want to develop the game from the ground up for one console. Uh, yes. And I think I think you're going to see that. I mean, you see that with a lot of Sony's games, right? Those games are developed... Well, not right now, actually. But, you know, like, you see... Maybe that maybe that was a terrible example, uh, but like you want you want these games to be dealt. Look at the multi platform games that are come that have come out in the past, right? Especially during the 360 and PS3 era, where like games that were being developed for Xbox 360 and PC ran better than the PlayStation 3 version because they are more similar in architecture, right? It's the same mm-hmm. reason why Switch ports right now of third party games or indie games like don't run as well. Right, because the PlayStation Four, Five, and Xbox have similar architecture, and PC has a similar architecture. Like they're basically just customized PCs, right? And then you look at yes. the Switch, and it's like a mobile device. Like it's literally built on mobile device tech, and you're porting down to a mobile device. And these games just don't run as well. I mean, some of the games they hide it well, or they optimize it or they come out later or they come out first right and they're optimized and whatever but like you know i mean look at a game like hob for example remember when hob definitive edition came out and it was it just did Mm -hmm. not run great on switch for a good month and a half or two months right it's not panic buttons fault right they're trying to get that code optimized but you know that that game just wasn't optimized for switch or games like torchlight or what was the other big one that was like not running super well on Switch at, at the beginning? Uh, mm. I don't I don't really remember, but like there there's been a lot of indie games that oh Mr. Shifty was the game that I was thinking of. Yes, uh, really cool game, but like it was optimized for Steam and Xbox One. It was not optimized for Switch, and it ran poorly. It was a cool co- game and a cool concept, but like a game that you need to be agile and, you know, doing these cool moves and getting through this world. Like you can't have frame rate setters and you can't have missed button prompts, right? Like it just was not optimized. And so I think having a game optimized for next gen and only next gen for Nintendo would benefit them. You know, I think the thing, I think the thing with those other games is that, if if you are learning the system for the first time and this is your first game, I kind of expect stuff like that. Yeah, uh, but Nintendo, Nintendo's in, yeah, but Nintendo's internal team should know how to work the system better than anybody oh, else. Oh, I'm talking, I'm talking about outside of Nintendo. Oh, okay. Well. I'm I'm talking about outside of Nintendo uh, because well, you know, Nintendo would delay something to make sure that they get it right. I know. Zelda. <laughs> you know, Zelda's been delayed so <laughs> but, long. Like any Yeah, but like the games that you presented and, and stuff is that yes, they those are indies and you know, they're being ported to uh they're they're being ported, but don't forget a lot of companies 
a lot of companies are making games for Nintendo for the first time and everything. So they don't know how to develop for that system. Like if I feel I kind of feel like if they were able to work on a Nintendo console before and get an idea on how Nintendo makes their stuff, I think they'll probably be like, okay, let's do an experimental game on this new system. Let's see what works, what's what let's build this stuff. And if it's janky, as if we could get a seven for our problematic game because we're still learning it in a way, but it's still functional, then yeah, let's put it out. Let's get the feedback from the players on what what was dissatisfied about this game. So that when we go forward, we could be like, okay, this was the problem. When it comes to games like that, it always depends on budget and everything. You know, time and budget is always a main factor in that stuff. Of course, Nintendo got a lot of it. Um, but like for a lot of indie games and like people who are porting stuff, they sometimes don't have that time and budget. Sometimes they'd be like, yeah, we got to get a game done in six months. Mm-hmm. And this is your budget mm-hmm. for this particular game. And it's just like there's no way we're gonna get get it done. Sometimes a lot of sometimes porting has to be treated like it was being uh being the same as a new game. You know, I I got on Panic Buddy and Bethesda uh because of um Doom Eternal. Because it was just like why is the Switch version getting pushed back? When you between Panic Button and, uh, and, and and Bethesda, you kind of understand why the Switch version got pushed back. Like even Dying Light Two, that still haven't came out yet. And it was. I mean, that Switch version is going to get canceled. Probably so. Yeah. Especially because, like the 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 right the first game when they re when they re released the first game on Switch, I guess it didn't do very well. So I wouldn't be surprised if that version just gets canceled. And that's the problem with the Switch now, though, is, like, you're running on tech that's, like, it was old when it came out, you know? It was, like, two mm-hmm. or... Th- like, this mobile chipset was two or three years old when it came out, right? And now we're in its sixth year. This this tech is almost ten years old. Like, developers don't want to be developing games for tech like this. They want to be developing tech for Xbox and but PlayStation 5, right? Like that's, but I think... I think that leaves, uh, like you said, I think the thing about it is that that leaves those developers puzzled. How in the heck is Nintendo, of course, it's their, it's their console and everything, but how in the heck is Nintendo still surprising gamers with their graphics and what they're doing, and we can't be on that same level? But yes, Nintendo's, always, have... Nintendo's always been like that. They are the masters of asset yeah. compression, reusing assets, uh, being smart with what assets they use in what areas yeah. and like how you v- see assets on screen, and, and and that's why I said that that party that party puzzles a lot of developers and outside of Nintendo. Just be like, how are you still doing this, or you're producing this, or you're using this kind of style, and we can't be we can't get our stuff on that level. And everything. I think that that's why I kind of um, said said that 
you know, if the games keep running out month per month again, just like it did for the original Switch, that's gonna, I think sometimes that's gonna be like, okay, other developers, y'all gonna have to step up their game. There's no way, I can, you're gonna have to step up your game, or you're gonna have to come up with a new idea, a new concept, new art style, or whatever to have some exclusive stuff or have something on our platform that you for people to play and everything. Mm-hmm. If you are a porting company, great. If you know there is an ounce of, of what support for our technology, wonderful. Bring it over. But we we rather you guys probably just create something new and use a different art style if you could and everything. If you want powerful hardware, that's fine. The problem with powerful hardware is is that you got this power and you don't actually the game off by the time it's halfway done or it's time for release or go and go. And I think a lot of players have learned because of certain so, so for some games that if you're going to have powerful hardware by the four, third or fourth time that you are showing this game off, it should be no cutscenes. It should literally be what I'm going to get on the screen when I press start. And for a lot of developers, they're not providing. They're providing flash and nothing else. And with I think with Nintendo consoles, if they if Nintendo wants to show help hold off Breath of the Wild 2 for their next console, they're going to show it. But you better believe that Nintendo is going to put a lot of work into that game if they do it. To make sure that what we couldn't do on the Switch, we was able to do on this platform. Well, I I think I think the problem with these other games and like you even see this in Breath of the Wild too is like I mean, Breath of the Wild is extremely polished, but you see people breaking that game all the time, right? And like, yeah, uh, Nintendo is uh, Nintendo as a company is the is the master of polish, right? Everything is going to run how they want it to run, and it's not going to come out until it's ready, right? I mean, ve- I mean, Breath of the Wild got a couple stability patches afterwards, right? And they've kind of put out some fixes afterwards to fix certain things that people have found and exploited. But like, I mean, Mm -hmm. you hear about games like cyberpunk and Assassin's Creed unity. And like, you know, you see all these games with broken pieces and it's like, how does this get through QA? You know, like how does, how does this get through? And I think it's because these games are just getting too big and too technically advanced and too technically, you know, overwhelming for developers, I think in certain areas. Right. And like, I'll, and don't get me wrong. There's a lot of smart people working on these games. You know, a lot of smart engineers yeah. working on these engines. And like, this is part of the reason why I think a lot of people are moving away from proprietary engines and using things like unreal. Right. Because, uh, Epic has like this, has a whole department dedicated to, uh, fixing, issues right and so that's like part that's that's part of a cost that you don't have to pay for right it's like you can just call epic support team and they'll find the issue for you at in certain cases right uh plus like unreal engine 5 can do some pretty amazing things on 
I mean, I don't know if you downloaded that Matrix tech demo or whatever. No. But, uh-uh. oh my gosh, dude, that game, I mean, that city and those cars and, like, the way the world, like, the character models didn't look great. But, like, the world was just right. incredible. Like, that world was so incredible. Like, the the inside the buildings, the streets, the the way the the lamps, like, uh, reflected the light off the ground or off the windows and the way the cars interacted when they crashed into each other. And, like, it was... That demo was incredible. And that was just, like, a pre-release... <laughs> pretty much beta version of unreal engine 5 yeah so and we know studios like the coalition and ninja theory over at xbox are are kind of they're kind of i guess they're they're called i guess you would call them like guinea big kenny pig studios for unreal engine 5 at this point right because they're yes you know hellblade 2 is obviously running on unreal engine 5 and that to that game talking about a game that looks incredible on unreal engine five. Oh my gosh, that game looks incredible. And I'm assuming gears of war six will run on unreal five. And, uh, I think perfect dark from the initiative. I think the initiative is using unreal engine five and tomb Raider is going to use Unreal. like you're seeing all these big studios move over to unreal engine. And it's like, well, yeah, that makes total sense because these games are so technically advanced that you're going to need just like, a a, a company to harness all that support but like with but nintendo think... but hold on let me finish and i think like nintendo i would say since man i would argue since super nintendo but i'll say since gamecube right they haven't really been worried about third parties on their console if they exist there great mm-hmm. that's more games that they can offer on their store that's more sales that's more whatever you want to call it right but like nintendo has always just been a platform where you play nintendo games right for a majority of players and you play nintendo for nintendo games uh now it's like the best place to play indies right now uh (laughs) you know the fact that we have doom and wolfenstein and the witcher on this platform is incredible right but like you're not going to switch to play the witcher uh and i think i think the way that the switch is built and its technical limitations i would actually say make make almost makes it easier for nintendo to to develop games because they don't have to worry about the all this advanced technology right they just know Mm -hmm. what they're working with they know the limitations they've been doing that since the nes right creatively building on the limitations of the technology i mean you look at you look at super mario brothers and super mario 3 and they're running on the same hardware right you look at mega man 1 and mega man 6 they're running on the same hardware you know you look at donkey kong versus something like uh well i don't know something like ninja turtles and uh some of these other games like all the like you the beginning of the nes like it's just astounding how much they got out of that console in six years, you know? Yeah. But all like, I think, I think the best example is Mario brothers to Mario three and how much different Mario three looks from Mario brothers, you know, or like you look at game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's so, I think, Oh, go ahead. 
Oh, I was just say it's so awesome just to see like how much Nintendo can squeeze out of their consoles. You know, you look at well, another thing too is like you look at you look at Mario sixty four, right? It's a great game, but you compare that to something like Majora's Mask, you know, or Banjo Kazooie, you know, the second Banjo Kazooie game, or mm-hmm. you know, like. You can't tell me like it's just amazing that those games are running on the same console, you know, or Rogue Squadron, you know. Oh my gosh, Rogue Squadron looks awesome on N sixty four, especially if you have the the expansion pack. Like I can't yeah, believe I, that's running on an N sixty four. I think it's because with Nintendo, you have a lot of developers who know more about games and how to make it, how to find a prop. How to find a problem and fix it in R and D? Like, like I said, Nintendo doesn't focus on the flash. They know how to make a good trailer. They know how to cut a good thing. I don't. I don't know. That's all the trailer for Wii U before the Wii U came out was pretty awesome, and then we never got that game. So, it was true. Yes, but at least throw that out there. Just like also the game, the entire GameCube GameCube sizzle reel at Space World. I'm going to argue your point here. You want that. Nintendo knows how to make a great trailer and not release those games. Okay, Mario 128 never came out. But, uh, but they don't focus. They don't fuck. They don't focus on a trailer to be an actual game. I think what meaning that they're using something like the uh, <laughs> like the the, the game. Uh, and saying, "Hey, this is going to be an actual game that we're releasing." I think they were just like, "This is Richard Strong. You what? There's the possibilities that can happen off the harbor that that we have and everything." Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the thing with like with other companies and this, like I said, this is going to be a day to Microsoft and Sony and some of the third party is that. Great that you could do Unreal Engine 5. I see more Unreal Engine stuff being done in your cutscenes than the games that's actually happening. Because these games well, that's, that's all... That's, <laughs> that's the problem but, is we but, don't but have any thing. games. We don't have any games on these platforms yet. Let's be serious, though. What are, the, what are the biggest games on Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 right now that are exclusive to those consoles? None for right. None. There are no exclusive besides, games. They're all on last gen console. They're all on last besides, gen consoles. Bes- except Returnal and Ratchet and Clank and Gran Turismo Seven. Those are no PS5 Gran Turismo Sevens on PlayStation Four. Okay. I Man, mean, yeah. Okay. Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank. Okay. And, re- and Returnal. And Returnal. Okay, but like. Out of all these games that we're seeing, like even like the next gen versions of Horizon and God of War, I would point at Returnal and say I would point at Returnal and say that is the most next gen looking game, based on particle effects, based on mm-hmm. frame rate, based on movement, based on what the the SSD is able to do with building those randomly generated levels. Right, like that's to me. Like uh, to me, Ratchet and Clank could have probably run on a PlayStation Four. Like mm. I saw the you know the world m- melding or whatever they're doing with the portals. Those are scripted, man. Those are so scripted. And like, okay, maybe the screen freezes so the PlayStation Four can load it in, right? But like, that game could totally run on PlayStation Four. Was was that was Psychonauts two 
uh, Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Okay, the I know the medium, even though that's not Microsoft. At the time when the medium came out, I think it was Microsoft, but I think it was also PC. So we're excluding PC. And we're just saying console only for Microsoft. Pretty much nothing. Um, I I think Hellblade Two was supposed to be it. Um, but at this point in time, there really isn't anything. Yeah, but how long um, have they been working on Hellblade Two? That's the thing. It's been like five or six years. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. announced in 2019, and it's still not out. You know. It's still not yeah. out. And, like, granted, we got gameplay last year, but, like, man, that game that game looks incredible. But I don't think that game's coming out in 2023 either. And I wish I was wrong, but I don't think it is. And that's why I think this console generation I mean, is going to last a lot longer than people are expecting it to, is because you can't get games out. Like, all, like the, the new dev cycle for for triple a games now is five years minimum even if it's running on the same engine right look at god of war look at breath of the wild look at breath of the wild like that like they said a lot of the ideas they had were going to be in the dlc and then that blew up into a bigger game that they were going to have out three years later and now we're five years later and in the spring we'll be six years later and we still won't have it and that comes back to the theory i had on expansion pass which free listeners will hear on Sunday and it's already on Patreon. But my theory was the reason why Twilight Princess and Wind Waker are coming out now or within the next, I would say six months is because Breath of the Wild is going to get pushed again to next holiday. Will it be on stronger hardware? Wrapping it back around to, <laughs> to Laurent's question. I think it's launching alongside a more powerful switch. I think they're going to Metroid but dread I think, it. I think they're going to Metroid dread it. I think they're going to, I think the thing, well, I, I think the thing about it is because now with uh, Monolith Soft being more freed up, that they're going to go in and clean it. Don't forget, this is a big world. And I I think the thing about it is just that, of course, they're testing for bugs and what they could break and stuff or and ideas that they can implement and clean up and like or some new stuff and add. Breath of the Wild 2 is going to be another physics game. So I... what in our physics that that we can make sure that that is good enough. That's right. That doesn't break the game. I agree. Time. I, I think I, I just, I think they're having problems with the sky stuff. Like my thing is like, okay. in breath of the wild, you had one, one level pretty much. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously like there's, you know, topography you got to worry about, but like, essentially you had like one plane of, of world to travel right in this game you're going to have three planes of travel theoretically right you got the underground you got the sky city and you got the the world of hyrule at the at the you know like the last game yes and then theoretically you're going to have time travel right you're going to have time traveling in here so now you gotta you you have to uh, accommodate for multiple versions of each level and you got to make sure your your powers what powers you know are these different character models going to interact with these powers differently like 
there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in this game, theoretically, right? Where like, I, I'm I'm shocked that it's gonna run on a switch. Like I really am. Like I and you know who knows if it who knows how well it's gonna run on the current version of the switch. I don't know. But this is why this game is why I think there's gonna be a new model, right? Well, I think with them learning now to switch. They shouldn't be uh, I, learning I think, six years in, though. That's the problem. Ed. But I, but I was about to, but I, I was about to say, I think that Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild, Party was their starting point of learn, you know, of getting okay. This is how this works. This is how this works on this platform. Okay, great. Get let's what's the, what's the feedback? What what problems did we have? What did we patch? What the blah? Everybody saw it. Now, a year or two has passed. This is going to be the expansion pad. We we put out the DLC. Let's we know what we need to do. We know where we could start from, and now we let's go further and take it to a new level. And I think that's what they and I think that's what they did because I'm like, if you're going to get monolith soft, if you're going to get all these people involved in monolith soft, it's coming in because I know Anuma has been paying attention to monolith soft and what they've been doing. And if monolith off it's like, yeah, this is how we build and this is what we could do for the world. So Anuma and Monolith off had to be talking. Everybody has to be talking and fixing problems and getting things ready for that, uh, for that game, uh, for uh, Breath of the Wild 2. So I think they, and I think what ended up happening is that I feel like part of the monolith off team may have to leave a little bit of um, of the Zelda team and Splatoon, so they could work on Xenoblade Three or or whatever. And what's that? I feel like when Xenoblade Three was finished and wrapped up and ready to go, at definitely when they pushed it up, all of them went right back to the Zelda team to fix it. I think that's what had probably happened when they delayed it and everything. You know, I I, I don't. Sometimes I I won't say that a new console will fix all the problems or make it run better. I think it's just like, like, yeah, we earn it. We don't have to, we don't have a short amount of time to get a game out. We now can focus on this game, on this system, and build it up and be ready to make sure that when we release it, that it works properly. And if it takes time, Nintendo is going to give us the time to take it. Why? Because the sales for our first game is still running in, still coming in. Funding us or funding the company and stuff. Yeah. And everything. Yeah. You know, so I think we just, that's why I said I don't think people will be upset. They might be disappointed that is happening, but there, I think what people are getting is so good. And think about it, Corey. What if they did put Twilight Princess and Wind Waker on the old Switch so it could lead up to the new new platform for Breath of the Wild 2? Well, Wind Waker and Twilight Princess will be on the current Switch. That's They will be. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Those those games lead up to the new. They Switch are. That's that's what we were talking Breath about on two. expansion passes. I think I think Wind Waker. I think Twilight Prince is going to come out this fall. I think Wind Waker is going to come out in the spring, and Breath of the Wild Two is going to come out next holiday alongside a new Switch. That's what I'm saying. That was my theory. I feel like if 
what I have, what I definitely feel like, it's probably gonna be in the fall because that's where some of the Zelda games, like main ones, come out. Um, but I think it, it'd be like once PlayStation and Microsoft get get their stuff out, we could get start rolling our games because right now. Nintendo's in a position that we could roll some of the stuff that we promised, but we could also roll out small games before we hit them with the major stuff. Because yeah. we still got to, we're still waiting on the next Mario game. We still waiting on the Star Fox game, whether people like it or not. That that could happen. We're still waiting on the Donkey Kong game. No Nintendo and Microsoft, someone's probably talking, and they seen the sales of Banjo Kazooie. So that could be, as crazy as it seems, there could be a Microsoft release of Banjo Kazooie on Switch. See, I don't think it's that, don't I don't think it's that crazy. I think Banjo Kazooie, Conquer, anything from Rare, really. I could I could almost see Everwild coming out on Switch, depending on what that game even is at this point. Right, might just so be an image. <laughs> there's a so there's a lot of stuff that could be happening and everything. Um. But if, if if Breath of the Wild two want to come out to the uh, on Nintendo's next gen or next platform, let it come. And no, who's going to be upset? Who's going to be mad? I mean, a they, lot of people are going to be mad. But also, like I think, like I said at the beginning, I think that the reason why Breath of the Wild moving to Switch didn't make people mad is because I just think Wii U is just an awful console in a lot of people's eyes and they were ready to be excited about Nintendo again whereas the Switch has people excited about Nintendo and it's still selling you know Mm -hmm. and for them to cut off a user base as big as the Switches for a game as major as Zelda I think would be not smart of them but also like but but also like I if they did cut off the user base, I think the game would be better, you know. But think about if they're gonna. If, that's why I feel like they can't cut off the user base if they have enough supply of their next console. Yeah, no, I think that's I, why Sony and Microsoft can't really do that because you don't have enough consoles out, so you can't cut people off. Yeah, if you cut people they're, off, then they're gonna. They okay. would have. To, they would have to make the console ready to buy like they would have to have two million consoles ready to buy at launch yeah you know and uh at least like where you could walk in a store and get it you know if you were like not that like i i mean i don't think the console is i mean i think the console is going to sell out either way right like whatever this new thing is but like you can't have like seven hundred fifty thousand units pre-order only and then scalpers buy two-thirds of them right like Mm -mm. you have to have them ready to go in a store you know do the i do the we thing where people stand in line and you give them tickets and if you know you don't get one you don't get one that's i think you know and i think that's what nintendo wants to do and that's what they need they have learned i mean look how look how long it took xbox ones or xbox series and playstation fives to become available like regularly yeah semi-regularly right like nintendo wants to avoid that situation at all costs and i actually think that's why their console their next console although more powerful than the current switch is still going to be underpowered is because they can they can get those 
parts cheaper, right? They can, and they don't have to battle Microsoft and place and Sony for those parts. They'll be battling, they'll be battling Apple, but Apple, you know, and I guess like Samsung and whoever's making Android phones right now, but like they're going to be battling for those parts. But at the same time, <laughs> Nvidia is making custom chips for them. So like, that's what I was about to say. It's just like it's that it's going to be that custom chip yeah. and everything. So I you mean, know. my thing is Nintendo has to have a bunch of these consoles ready to go, and it's they're going to have to have like two million units ready to go out the gate if they were going to do this with a new Zelda game, with you know like two or three million more in production for the rest of the year. That's I mean they're just going to have to. Especially with the promise of yeah, like a Metroid think, Prime and a I think new learning, Donkey Kong and Mario on the way, like you know. Also, it's got to be backwards I, I, compatible. <laughs> I think. I think with, with Nintendo seeing how they did Xenoblade Chronicles Three Special Edition, that's to teach them that okay, we can't do that pre-order stuff because yes, our website was broken and all of that crazy mess. But people are still trying to, to buy N sixty four controllers. Don't let them don't. Ignore Xenoblade Chronicles Special Edition. People are still trying to buy 64 controllers to play on their well, Switch. Yeah, I, I know that. No, I, it's just, just ridiculous. Like the, like the way. It's just ridiculous. I'm I'm agreeing with you, but I mean, like, forget about special edition consoles. These stupid controllers that are 30 years old <laughs> at this point are you selling out because people want them. That's what I'm saying. And it's ridiculous. I bought two. And I was lucky to get two, you know, and they haven't been back in, they've been back in stock once since, I think. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, it's ridiculous. But everybody, that's going to be it for the show. Corey, where can we find you? You can find me at I am Corey and HG on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me on the Boss Rush Podcast and various other things here. Um, also, follow us on Twitter at Powerblock Podcast. All that, you know, that stuff. Yes, and you guys can find me on Twitter at that retro code and on Instagram at that same name. You can find me on Discord, find more of our content at boxrush.net and on our YouTube channel, Bosch Rush uh, Network. Uh, with that, everybody, have a great week, have a great weekend, and we will see you next time on the Tinder Pop Block. Bye, everybody. Woo-hoo. Bye.